Welcome back to Fill in the Void with Josie. I'm your host, Josie, and I'm happy to have you in my corner of the world for a little while. I'm back with another Sunday book talk where we're reading from New York Times bestselling author Lovey Ajayi's second book, Professional Troublemaker, The Fear Fighter Manual, as we explore the theme of fear throughout this season. Let's get into the next couple chapters. So chapter seven is entitled Fail Loudly. And she says, we fear failing. Yep, pretty much. But it wasn't always like that, right? People talk about how babies just go for it. They attempt to crawl. They get up to walk when they've got it down. Until they've got it down, excuse me. But somewhere along the way, we become fearful of trying because we know we risk failing. Lovey talks about this major incident that happened to her that basically made her scared to use her voice for fear of saying the wrong thing. You see, that's the thing about fear. It makes us afraid of ourselves even. Think of someone you know or admire who's really good at something. What do you think differentiates them? They use their mistakes. So if you can learn to use your mistakes to help you make you better, that's how you regain control if you perceive it to be lost. Because we risk, we we don't want to risk failing. We don't want to risk losing that control. But what we neglect to understand is that whole process can only give us more control of ourselves and a deeper understanding of how to navigate this world. When you recognize that each part of yourself has a role to play, namely to get you from one revelation to the next, you're more able and willing to extend grace and forgive yourself for mistakes. You can't be a better version of yourself without any mistakes. When you make a mistake, sure, people will talk, right? You've talked about others when you've seen them make their mistake. People will talk. And if you've been used to getting only praise, it'll probably do a number on you. I heard this quote recently and had to listen to it again because what? It hit me like a ton of bricks like, ooh, say that again. Say that one more time. So it was Jackie Hill Perry who said, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said, the only person who can receive constant praise without it changing their character is God. As humans, the praise puffs us up. And if you're not careful, it puts you at risk of thinking you're above making mistakes. But listen, you can quickly be humbled. (laughs) The question is, however, how do you handle righteous judgment? Because what matters isn't the mistake so much so as it's how you move forward from said mistake or failure. You see, knowing you'll fail or make a mistake or fall short shouldn't stop you from being proud of the work you did, the work that you put out there, or what have you. Be proud of it. Maybe it's not exactly what you wanted it to be, but it's out there. You took the step forward. You progressed. So be proud of it. and know, But know also, it's not all that you are. There's freedom in knowing you are more than what you put out there. You are more than your mistakes. And when you know what it's like to do something, 
to put something out there for the world to see and critique as they see fit, you are more gracious with your critiques. If you even critique at all. Fear, if you let it, can stop you from fulfilling God's assignment for yourself. You have to pray for strength to withstand the critiques, especially the ones that hit close to home. Because the people who know you sometimes, they be saying things and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to take my ball and go home. (laughs) And no one's going to (laughs) play. But if you choose to not share your gifts, if you choose to keep to yourself, not only are you hindering yourself and blocking your own blessings, you're not allowing others to be blessed, to have that potential of being blessed by what you will put out there right? Messy and all. Indeed, failure is redirection. Ideally, it's leading you to something better because your mistakes do not define you, right? It's how you apply the lessons from them that do. I think about this one friend of mine who I remember we spent this one summer together and I guess in just the way that I speak, I'm very big on object lessons (laughs) and trying to understand oh this kind of relates to this and this is like there's a potential message in this and it's probably this and so I'm always I tend to find a lesson in everything whether it's something positive that happened or something negative that happened and then I remember my friend being like not everything is a lesson just Sometimes things just happen, just live, okay? (laughs) And I mean, I'm still not sure where I stand with that. I definitely feel as if there's an opportunity to learn in practically everything that happens, right? Like, for me. But yes, it can also become very overwhelming to live a life and be like, oh, what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to learn from this? (laughs) But hopefully for your failures and for your mistakes, you're able to recognize, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? What can I take away from this? Right? Lovey leaves us with this. The only way we truly fail is if we learn nothing from the valleys we experience. And then we go into chapter eight, where she's admonishing us to ask for more. More what? Only you know, but ask and ask for it in abundance. This chapter is such a struggle because as she says, we fear disappointment, right? We're already saying, ah, they're probably gonna reject us. What's the point of asking? Let me just keep to myself. Whatever your reason for not asking for more, whether it's more money, more time, more help, more support, it's valid, right? Whatever has caused you to be the person that you are today who doesn't really like to ask, who feels as if you just have to do things on your own, who maybe doesn't think to ask for whatever reason. Sure, she lets you sit in that space. And nevertheless, Lovey says, ask. Your only job is to ask. That's your part to play. Stop stressing over the results or the responses. That's not in your control. In fact, it's above your pay grade. Okay, (laughs) you have to reflect and wonder, are you not asking because deep down you feel you do not deserve the thing you should be asking for? Many of you are quote unquote recovering givers. 
you've given for so long without receiving, you wouldn't even know where to begin to receive well. Now, this may be an ego thing as well, right? You love being relied upon, but never want to show the vulnerability it takes to ask for assistance. In so doing, you're not being fully honest with yourself or those around you. You need help, but you're being led by fear. You're being taken advantage of, but failing to verbalize that. So you don't want to be seen as someone who also will take advantage of someone else. So you keep to yourself to your detriment. It's freeing to give and receive help. Lovey shares this. If there's someone in your life who for the life of them can't receive well, try giving them help before they can even ask and use love as action to disarm them. And that makes a lot of sense. All the people who, I don't know if y'all have heard of the five love languages, but for those who are aware of the five love languages, and yes, I'm sure there are more than just five ways of loving on people but these have become so popular and one of them is acts of service so for all the acts of service people or i can even say the ones in my life who i've heard them say things where they're like they definitely feel the most loved when someone does something for them without them even having to have asked because by the point that you're asking you're thinking, I might as well do it myself because why am I asking again for this help? So I get it. I hear y'all. Sometimes you don't ask because you don't know how you'll pay the person back. But listen, sometimes the best repayment is gratitude and to pay it forward rather than trying so hard to pay it back. This quote by Brene Brown stopped me in my tracks because if this isn't some of us, she shares, I've learned that grasping for air while volunteering to give others CPR is not heroic. It's suffocation by resentment. Excuse me? What? Drag us, Brene. So we're left with this. Have the audacity to ask. Stop choosing failure in advance and then being surprised when the self-fulfilling prophecy comes true. Ask for the things. A no will not kill you. In fact, asking may bring that much-needed clarity. With all that being said, no one said when you ask, you won't be scared. The fear may not leave completely, right? You may ask with your voice shaking or your hands shaking or your heart pumping and you think everybody can hear you don't worry no one can hear your heart beating very loudly when you're scared see the fear may still be there but you don't need it to leave completely in order to take that first step you've got this so my challenge for you all this week is to have the audacity to ask for something that you need and you've been fearing to do so ask risk failure learn from it, and then try again. That's a wrap for this book talk. I hope you'll keep tuning in every Sunday this season as I discuss Professional Troublemaker, the Fear Fighter Manual. Because sometimes you just need a guide to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Another episode with a guest drops this Wednesday. Make sure to tune in. Just because this book talk is over, it doesn't mean the conversation needs to be. Reach out on Instagram at fillingthevoidpod 
and let me know how you're taking up space or dreaming audaciously. Essentially, how you're facing fear this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to share it with either another person in your life who's reading this book or should be reading it. Let them know. We're filling the void with Josie, y'all. Have a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs>